We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. The New York Rangers have won the Stanley Cup. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Oh, yeah. I like the way this sounds. <laughs> Little J Electronica on the fan. Here we go. KM to AM, two hours in, inside the 9 o'clock hour. Call me up, folks, 877-337-6666. That's Jay Electronica uh, of Rock Nation, Jay-Z. I used to work over there. I saw Jay Electronica when I was working in the building. And that song, Exhibit C, is epic. And his last album he put out with Jay-Z is an all-time classic. I, I don't think he ever needs to drop another album. Uh, Rock Nation is uh, a monster, and they've been involved with the NFL now for a few years, and they also have a hand in the Super Bowl halftime show. Uh, you've seen them book, I think, J-Lo and Shakira. You've seen them book uh, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, 50 Cent, Mary J. Blige. You've seen them book The Weeknd, and now they have Rihanna involved, and I'm excited for Rihanna. I feel like she's resurfacing. Obviously, she just became a mom, so she was taking care of her son, and she was pregnant, and uh, her Fenty line is worth a lot of money, so she doesn't have to make music, but she still is one of the greatest on a microphone um, in the recording industry. And I had to go back through her catalog and come up with the songs that I think she should perform because she said she was struggling with her set list, right? So you can't perform every song, especially when you have a lot of hits. So here are the songs that I like from Rihanna that I expect her to perform. Uh, one is Needed Me. And that's the song that you've been hearing in all of the like Apple Music sponsored commercials. Uh, she'll definitely do Needed Me, some part of Needed Me. Um, she's definitely going to do Better Have My Money. I believe that was a big song for her, so she'll do that. If she goes all the way back and turns back the clock, SOS was a hit. It was a banger when she first was uh, on the scene. But I think she's going to go for the electronic dance music vibe. She's got... Two bangers produced by Calvin Harris. We Found Love. 100% chance she does that song. And then also, This Is What You Came For. I love that song. Uh, great song in the club. I expect her to hit that one. Uh, Drake won't be joining her, but I do expect to hear those uh, sounds from uh, What's My Name. Oh, nah, nah. 
what's my name? There's a guarantee that she's going to do that one, but don't expect Drake to be there. Uh, I also would like to see her throw in Pour It Up. Pour It Up was a a, a banger. It was a song that was mixed with uh, bands will make her dance. Pour It Up, Pour It Up. And last but not least, Lemon, which was produced by Pharrell. Um, I, I expect to see her do really those first four or five songs I mentioned, and the last two are, are bonus songs. I'd like to see Rihanna try and do all of those songs. And, you know, when The Weeknd performed, he had a couple cuts that were really for his real fans, but then he still did his mainstream thing. And, you know, it's, I don't know who she's going to bring out. I think it's just Rihanna, and she's got enough of a catalog to hold it down on her own. I'm super excited to see her, you know, in this return. I mentioned that, you know, she's not getting paid, and they usually don't pay the performers of, of the Super Bowl because, I mean, your streaming numbers go up and, uh, you, you know, the amount of people that are Googling you and checking you out is going to go up. And if you crush it, you know, you're immortalized. So, you know, I saw that The weekend spent $7 million of his own money to perfect his performance in the light show and what it looked like. I, I saw The weekend perform at Coachella. He absolutely destroys it every time. And uh, same with, you know, Dr. Dre and them. They had their own set. And I thought that was cool last year with the uh, Super Bowl being out. In LA. So looking forward to the halftime. And I know there's people watching the Super Bowl just for the halftime that don't care about the X's and O's and the Jimmy's and Joe's. But uh, we'll definitely get back into conversation about that. We'll keep the conversation going with what people want to talk about on the lines. 877-337-6666. You know, uh, Jay-Z was instrumental in bringing the Brooklyn Nets to Brooklyn, from New Jersey to Brooklyn. He was like a mascot. You know, he performed at Barclays Center when it first opened. He was a part owner of the team in the building. I think he sold that share. But yeah, when you look at how far the Nets have come and where they are now, you know, this thing is evolving. It's 10 years in Brooklyn, and we hope that they're there for 100 years. And uh, I think the future is bright. So let's get back to the phones and talk to the fans that want to get a word in on Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and their tenure and their time with the Brooklyn Nets and what's to come in the near future. Brett is in Scotch Scotch Plains on the fan. What's up, Brett? Hey, Keith. How you doing, man? Thank you so much for taking my call. No problem. Thanks for calling in. Of course. So, obviously, I've been a Nets fan since I was younger, since during the kid days. My family used to have season tickets back at Continental Arena in Jersey. And it's Nets till I ride or die. But, I, got, I mean, I got to tell you, I'm really disappointed with how this era ended. Um, I've lost a lot of respect for Kevin Durant with the way things ended. Um, a lot more respect for Kyrie, but after watching them against the Bulls last night, I mean, I was listening to you on the way back from where I was, and honestly, I, I agreed a lot about with what you said, and I was really enjoying what I was watching. I thought Cam Thomas is really starting to evolve now that he's getting his minutes. Dorian Finney-Smith and Dinwiddie look really happy to be in Brooklyn, and Bridges, obviously, people were joking around on Twitter saying he doesn't look happy, but I think he's just shocked, and I think him and Cam Johnson are going to be great. And I, don't, I obviously don't know if they're going to be a championship contender, but I, don't, I wouldn't sleep. I think that they might be able to make some noise because their defense looked real good. Yeah, I'm not sleeping on them. I'm just uh, you know, not expecting anything, and I think it's better to have lower expectations because we had all of these expectations with KD and Kyrie, and they didn't come close to matching them. Uh, this feels better, right? This feels better. You can, you can root for a team like this, and uh, there's no pressure now. The pressure is off. And you mentioned Mikael Bridges. I think uh, you know, when they saw him last night, they, they put out there that his, um, his streak ended. You know, he is the opposite of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. He's always available. He always plays. He had a streak of 365 consecutive games snapped because he got traded and he wasn't available last night. 
But I expect him to, you know, start the next 365 with the Brooklyn Nets. You can count on a guy like that. That's what we need as as fans. That's what I need just as a human being. I need consistency. I need someone I can rely on. I need accountability. And if you lack that, I can't be around you. I can't trust you. I can't stand next to you. And uh, I think we're going to have a lot more players that we can expect to see night in and night out contributing. You mentioned Cam Thomas. It's unfortunate that he's so young at 21. Uh, you know, he used some slang and some lingo after the game, and it kind of soured the moment. Uh, he got fined $40,000, which I think is a, it's just too much. It's excessive for a guy that's not making that much on his rookie deal. But uh, that's his fault. He, he apologized for it right away, and I'm sure he's going to learn from it. But, yeah, with Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith and all these other pieces, Joe Harris, right? Joe Harris, all of a sudden, he's the longest-tenured net. And uh, he survives another trade deadline. He comes out last night, and he's raining threes. It's like, you know, he snapped back into uh, Joey Buckets that we used to know before we brought in Katie and Kyrie. He's like, back to his old ways. It was it was a great night to be in the arena and watch the Brooklyn Nets. It, it definitely was. And I honestly, it's like I've never had more fun watching them now. I mean, obviously, I still get nervous, but uh, I'm excited to see what happens. So thanks so much, Keith. Thanks for the call, Brett. I'll add this. You know, I said, like, you know, Kyrie kind of went rogue. And that's the thing when you have such a big ego and you think of yourself as this like all-worldly, all-knowing, uh, smartest guy in the room, best athlete in the world. He blew this thing up because of his extension talks. Rumors had come out, and I do a podcast called Talking Nets where we talk about the Nets. Shocker with the name. But we actually cover the Nets two, three times a week. Podcast is on Odyssey if you want to go there for more Nets talk. I'm not going to spend the whole night on it. Um, But what we were saying there leading up to this before we knew that he was going to pull this stunt was that rumors had come out that he had been trying to start extension talks and the Nets have kind of dragged their feet on that. Of course, they're not in a rush to give this guy an extension after all the drama and negativity he's brought to the organization. Yeah, he's all world on the floor, but he's a headache. So, you know, Eric Slater, who covers the Nets for clutch points, he put out today. Uh, some intel from Woj and Ramona Shelburne. In quotes, it says, the Nets were willing to discuss extensions for up to three seasons, but only if Irving would agree to some conditions that would protect the team if he didn't play enough games, since he had missed more than 100 games since his arrival in Brooklyn in 2019-2020. Irving wanted a longer extension with no conditions. So not only is this guy uh, delusional, like, he wants you to forget about the past, and he wants you to just hand over guaranteed money with no conditions. That's malpractice. That's bad for business. That would have been negligent of the Brooklyn Nets to just say, yeah, here you go. You know, even though their owner's a billionaire, he's not dumb. Uh, similar to Steve Cohen being a billionaire, he's not dumb. He's not signing Carlos Correa to 12 years, $315 million when he's damaged goods. He's not signing Kodai Senga without, you know, checking all the way through his physical. And the Brooklyn Nets were not going to renew Kyrie for four years and $200 million and guarantee him the money without having some checks and balances, having some things to protect themselves. So he got upset with that. He said he felt disrespected by that. He felt like he was just being tolerated. Yeah, at this point, you are just being tolerated. And as great as you are playing basketball, you are one guy. One guy is not bigger than the team or the organization, and you're out of here. Philip is in Jamaica, Queens, next up on the fan. What's up, Phil? Hello, thank you uh, for taking my call. I always like hearing you. Um, I wanted to say about the Nets. First of all, I think the Nets are much better off. Don't forget they got 
four first-round draft choices from Phoenix, and now they have players who want to play and are always going to hustle and play defense. Yeah, but I have a question. the Brooklyn Nets host the draft, right? So there was plenty of years that Nets fans watched all of these draft picks come into the NBA in Brooklyn, and the Nets had traded away their draft picks and didn't have a pick. Now Nets fans will care about the draft for years to come. We'll be hosting the draft, and you'll see Nets fans there, and you'll see these young, talented players that are on the way coming into Brooklyn, and uh, I can't wait to see it. I'm, I'm excited for the draft for the future. Yeah, I have a question to ask, though. Here's my question. Would the Nets have traded Irving and Durant if Irving didn't ask for a trade? Or do you think the Nets just got fed up and it didn't no, matter? No, no, no. The, the straw that broke the camel's back was Kyrie Irving throwing this trade request out there that KD didn't know about. I think it blindsided the organization. I think it was a complete stunt. I think it was a temper tantrum type of thing. It was a, when I'm not getting my extension. Well, I'm Kyrie Irving. I'm going to force my way out of here and blow this thing up and end it prematurely. But fine. Like, this was the last year anyway. It was going to end at this season, at the end of this season, and it could have probably ended at the end of the season with another first or second round exit, which would have been even more deflating. Instead, uh, this guy, his ego got in the way, and he challenged the organization, and they didn't want to give him an extension. So he said, if you don't want to extend me, then trade me. What am I doing here? Okay, bye. We'll trade you. Your value is higher now than it was. You're an all-star. We're able to get two players and multiple picks. Go about your business. Uh, good luck to you in, in Dallas, Texas. Yeah, do you think that that's what a trade is Durant? Unfortunately, they're a package deal. Kyrie wanted to come home and be closer to family and friends in New Jersey and play for the Brooklyn Nets. And Kevin Durant with 35 ventures in the boardroom and his partner Rich Kleiman being right here in New York, it made a lot of sense for him to come to New York. And they came as a package deal. And as soon as Kyrie got traded, KD did not want to be here without his friend, without his buddy. And it's kind of crazy to me that they're like friends like that much. <laughs> like you're that much of friends with the guy. You don't like, he. you know, I don't know. It's, it's this player empowerment movement in the NBA. These guys think that they hold all the cards and they really don't. And you know what? The Nets are going to be better off for the decision they made. They didn't win anything. They didn't win. It'd be I would be crushed if the Nets made it to the Eastern Conference Finals this year and we were looking at this season like, man, this season maybe they could get back and win the Eastern Conference Finals and go to the Finals. They didn't. It, it was all nonsense, headaches, and, and negative headlines. Uh, they were injured, and all it was was BS at the end of the day. And the furthest they got was um, a crushing loss in Game 7 of the second round, and that's what they'll be remembered. They'll, they'll be remembered for being hurt, not being available, and bringing negative attention to an organization and a fan base that didn't really deserve it. Oh, thank you so much for taking the call. I guess also with the James Harden trade, I think that ruined the Nets because they gave up their depth and a lot of defense, and I think they just made it to make Durant happy. I don't yeah, think that was, a, that was a trade to appease the superstars and try and go for it. The basketball gods were never ready for that big three. It blew up in their face, but it didn't ruin the Nets because look at where the Nets are now. Thanks for the call, Philip. It didn't, it, you know, it, it it hurt Nets fans. I was a fan of Karis, uh, Karis LeVert and Jared Allen, and I thought they were the future of the Nets, and it hurt to see them go for James Harden, and it hurt to see James Harden quit on the team because Kyrie was in and out of the lineup, getting special treatment, being the only player that didn't want to get vaccinated. And then when Kevin Durant got hurt, James Harden didn't want to carry. 
He he had to carry in Houston. Uh, he wants to be on a team with another star. I'm watching him right now against the Knicks, and this game is going to end with a win for the Philadelphia 76ers. It's 119-108. Sixers have the ball, and their candidate for MVP, Joel Embiid, is dribbling out the clock and just threw up a hook shot, and that is final. The Sixers defeat the Knicks 119-108, and the Brooklyn Nets will face them tomorrow. And maybe they'll rest James Harden. Maybe they'll rest Embiid. Maybe they'll rest some players. But, uh, yeah, Harden wanted to go play with another star, and now he's playing with Joel Embiid. And uh, look at KD and Kyrie. Kyrie goes, and he's playing with Luka Doncic now. And Kyrie is playing next to Devin Booker and CP3 and DeAndre Ayton. So good for them. Good for them. The Nets have no stars, but now they have a coach, and they have plenty of talented guys with a chip on their shoulder and something to prove. And I think that fits the blue-collar nature of New York and Brooklyn and New Jersey, and that's something that the fans can get behind more so than this glitz and glamour of these superstars and their past rings that they won with LeBron and Steph. They didn't win on their own, right? They won being next to two all-time greats, the all-time leading scorer in the NBA and the all-time three-point scorer in the NBA. Let's see if they can win a championship now next to some other stars or if their toxicity remains and they tear up two other teams. There's a pattern here, and I expect the latter. I expect them to go there and fail and not actually be able to win the championship and then force their way out. And they're getting to the end of the line. They're over 30. Uh, Kevin Durant will be 35 this year, and I think Kyrie will be 31, maybe 32. They're not going to play for another decade. They don't have that much time to ring chase. It's not our problem anymore, folks. Uh, I'll take your calls on it. Uh, for the rest of the hour, but we got to switch. I do not want to talk about the Nets the whole show. I did that last night. I went to the game, and uh, I feel good about the Nets. I want you to know that as a Nets fan, I'm I'm perfectly fine. There were no tears to drink from myself as a Nets fan this week. Uh, I'm relieved. I got my team back. I got my arena back. I'm looking forward to going to the games, but I'm also looking forward to the Super Bowl this weekend, I want to talk to you guys more about the X's and O's and the Jimmy's and the Joe's there. We'll go through some specific players and matchups and some numbers from this season that I have in my notes and what I expect. I'm also going to give you uh, some of the things that I'm looking at in the FanDuel app to bet on. And, uh, yeah, we'll take your calls on the Super Bowl. We'll take your calls on the NBA trade deadline, the Brooklyn Nets. Um, and also, uh, we got to talk a little bit of baseball at some point tonight before we end this week with the World Baseball Classic coming up. The Mets are sending a bunch of guys out there. The Yankees, not as much. But uh, looking forward to spring training. It's next week. When we come back next week, we will actually have some intel from Florida on both teams. Keith McPherson on the fan. I'm halfway through my show. It's a five-hour KM to AM. Don't go anywhere. We'll be T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. 
You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Right back. Get the discussion started. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com. Yeah, good beat, Paulie. Aftermath, Dr. Dre, Slam Shady. What I've been doing uh, since, I think, when Paulie was producing my show earlier this week and we talked about 50 Cent's album, Get Rich or Die Trying, hitting 20 years. Uh, And now my drive home is twice as long because they closed the Holland Tunnel and I have to drive through the Lincoln Tunnel at night. I've been trying to queue up old albums because that first night that I did that, I I drove home listening to 50 and it it put me in a time machine. I was teleported back to, uh, you know, being a freshman in high school, listening to that and then literally playing that all through my time in high school. It's just like, I don't know. Um. One of those albums, it makes you, you know, think about where you were when you first heard it. And I was like, man, I, I used to know all these lyrics. I used to use these lyrics all the time. And so I've been queuing up albums. I think I went back and listened to T.I. versus T.I.P. Uh, I went back and listened to some old Kid Cudi albums. And then that led me into Chip the Ripper. And what else was I listening to? I think I have Childish Gambino queued up for tonight. But um, I don't know. The new hip-hop that comes out, like, I used to be excited for Fridays, like, New Music Fridays, and I go and check. Uh, I listen to Tidal just because I was at Rock Nation, and I got Tidal for free, so now I'm just a Tidal person. I know Spotify and Apple Music are cool, too. But Fridays, I, I go and I check the new hip-hop and the new music, and it sucks. There's just never any good, like, there might be one good song, but the albums aren't good anymore, so I find myself... I, I'm I'm getting old now because this is what old old folks say, right? The, the new music is terrible. I listen to the stuff that I, I'm there. I'm like I, I'm going back and I'm listening to stuff from the early 2000s and like not even like like early 2010 stuff that I listened to in high school and college and and it's been fun. It's been fun. I'm like testing myself to see if I still know the words and uh, yeah, that's what I'll be doing tonight when I get off and I head back to Jersey. I will say the uh, 12 o'clock shows are a little tougher because there's more people leaving the city and everybody's going through the Lincoln Tunnel now. 2 a.m. I can get home a little faster. Like It's like a 30, 35-minute ride. Uh, 12, like tonight, it's going to be like a 45, probably like an hour because it's a Friday night in the city. But don't pity me. It's perfectly fine. I love this job. I love being here. And if I had to drive home two hours, I would do that. And uh, let's get back to the phones. But first, you know, because everybody's calling about Kyrie and the Nets. And I said, we'll, we'll do this for the, the rest of the hour till 10 o'clock. Um, there is a clip that I want to play from Kevin Wilds, who was on Nick Wright's show with uh, Chris Broussard today. 
And, man, did he nail the whole saga with Sean Marks and the Brooklyn Nets and what went on. Paulie, let's play that clip right now. There is no logical path to how this team is run. Uh, pessimist. Oh, oh well, we what do you that. mean? Well, I, I believe in Sean Marks. Bro. No, are you serious? Well, oh, look, I fancy myself a bit of an ideas man. Yeah. And if you don't have one great idea, you need to have a lot of ideas. So Sean Marks came in under the Prokhorov era, and he said, you know what, came from the Spurs, and said, you know what, we're going to build just like the Spurs. Yeah. Quality players that fit, committed to winning. Then he's like, boom, new idea. <laughs> new idea. <laughs> Two superstars. Two superstars. Let's get rid of the quality guys that we had. Two superstars. Then he's like, okay, okay, okay. We got the right coach, Kenny Atkinson. Boom. Wrong idea. New idea. New coach. <laughs> It's going to be interim coach Jacques Vaughn. Nope. New idea. Steve Nash is going to be our coach. And instead of two superstars, we're going to have three, three. superstars. Yeah. No. Time out, everybody. <laughs> New idea. New idea. New idea. Just stay with me. Stay with me. Harden, gone. Ben Simmons in. He's going to help us make a playoff run. Time out. Time out. He actually has a, needs a back surgery. He needs a back surgery. Kyrie and KD want to be traded. We're not trading you. Now that I think about it, we will trade you. We will trade you. But we're going to stick with Steve Nash. We've got to get Steve Nash out. Get Jacques Vaughn back in. Get yeah. KD. Get, get Dorian Smith. And we're now we're going to rebuild. And like I was originally saying, we're going to be the Spurs. We're we going to be the Spurs. It all kicks off. <laughs> I mean, he nailed it. That was exactly what went down. Right? Sean Marks had too many ideas. And he couldn't stick with one. And I think there was a ton of pressure to appease these superstars. And then obviously there's outside pressure from the fan base. And now the fan base is buying all these jerseys. I was talking about last night. I got to find a grown man that wears a large, extra large to take my six jerseys because I can never be seen wearing a Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant jersey after this. The way these guys came here, barely played, achieved nothing, won nothing, and then forced their way out. Can't rep that. Can't stand next to that. Can't get into a conversation this summer wearing that jersey as a tank top. Hey, are you a Nets fan? I am. What Nets fans are going to be repping Katie and Kyrie after this? They came here. They used the organization. They made a ton of money and did nothing. So let's take these last calls on the Brooklyn Nets and Kyrie Irving. And then uh, in the 10 o'clock hour, we will uh, move on to uh, some talk around the, the Mets. I said I was going to tell you that I, I like that commercial. I like them uh, putting their players in the commercial so that people can get to know their players, recognize their players, see their players. They're trying to make their players stars, right? The Yankees were once so famous that they didn't need names on the back of their jerseys because everybody knew who they were. And the Mets have stepped right up to the Super Bowl. And most baseball fans look at the Super Bowl and they say, when the Super Bowl ends, it's officially baseball season. And I like the marketing aspect, the branding aspect, this new era of the Mets that Steve Cohen is literally saying, I'm going to leave no stone unturned to make our team better, to make our fan experience better. Well, here's a um, million-dollar Super Bowl commercial for ticket sales where fans can scan a barcode on their TV and uh, put themselves in City Field this upcoming season. And I think it was cool. I think it was well executed. I'm excited to see it uh, on Super Bowl Sunday. I don't think it was cheesy or corny or like I, I heard people hating on it, but people hate on every single thing. So, all right, let's take these calls on Kyrie and the Nets. Chris is in the BX on the fan. What's up, Chris? Keith, how are you, man? 
I'm good. Thanks for calling in. Hey, I'm so glad you're taking this team to task, especially Kyrie, because, I mean, they paid the guy more money than some small nations have, and he's been nothing but a headache since he got here. An egomaniac. I mean, he's been divisive. He even promoted anti-Semitic stuff on his social media. It's just been a total nightmare. And then if you listen to him talk, he acts like he's persecuted. <laughs> and now he's going to get a trade and have the freedom to be himself. Like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, it's crazy. I, I'm just glad you're beating him up, man. Yeah, it's crazy when you watch his press availability right away and he's taking shots at the organization. You drag this organization through the mud with your dumb... Exactly. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm glad he's gone. I'm glad he's gone. I, I got tired of defending him. I've said it for a bunch of times on here. I'm, I'm not his public defender. I'm a Nets fan. I defend the guys on the team and the organization. But I'm like, I, I got vaccinated as soon as I could get vaccinated. Uh, I'm not anti-Semitic. I grew up going to bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs in Monmouth County. Like, I, I, I can't stand next to that dude. Good job, dude. Good job. And if you allow me to make a Yankees point, you know, I'm really excited about the season coming up, like you said, right after the Super Bowl. Those of us who are Yankee fans, we start to look towards baseball. I'm excited about this team. What do you think they need, and what do you think they'll still do going into the season? Yeah, I, I think they're content, and the, that's what scares me. I think Cashman is content with his moves, and I think he, he has settled. I think he just thinks that it's a crapshoot, and, you know, you just roll the dice. But uh, they haven't improved on the offensive end, and that's where they failed. They had 50 strikeouts in two games, and uh, I think they're actually planning on rolling out there. There's a chance that the left side of this defense has Aaron Hicks in left field, Josh Donaldson at third base, and IKF at short. They're they're ready to run oh, it back no. with no, guys no, that no, were disasters. No, no. no. I, I, well, I, I, we I hope that they get the beat out in spring training. Right, but there's a chance they could fool them. Right, they could they could fool them in spring training where they they look at the numbers because they're so analytically driven and they say, oh well, Josh Donaldson and and Hicks and IKF they had the best spring and we could all be there on March 30th booing these guys when they get introduced. So I don't know. I'm not high on the Yankees right now. I wasn't high on them last year. I wasn't high on them the year before. I, I think there's mixed messages. You have Cashman talking about how close they were to a World Series. We're not playing to be close. Every year you send these players out into the media, I got to listen to IKF in his first year in pinstripes talk about bringing a championship back to New York, bringing a title to New York City. Uh, this guy sucked. This is one of the main reasons. Like, this guy had had the yips. This guy you couldn't de- depend on in late in the season. And early in the season, he's talking about winning a championship. Enough already. Enough talk. Like, let's actually see it. Let's actually get there. And I don't think that they have... Uh, all the pieces to get there, but that's what we'll watch. It's 162 games. They can improve at the deadline. Uh, hopefully Cashman makes some trades and makes some moves this spring as he's known to do to improve this team. But, you know, Judge carried them last year, and he was betting on himself. He honestly was playing in spite of Cashman in the organization. You're he's right. not going to be I mean, able to you know, duplicate that. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. Now, the pitching did get much better, so I'm excited about the pitching, and I am glad they went out and opened up the wallet and maintain judge because if they didn't i don't know what would happen but i'm just hoping that the left side isn't as bad as you're saying it can be and you're right it can't be that bad but i'm hoping they bring in some of the youth bring up some guys and and take a shot with some younger guys added to their pitching and judge and if they do it could be a real good season i'm excited for carlos rodon i mean i'm glad that they went and got him thanks for the call chris the pitching i won't even say was much better because the the yankees pitched well last year they had two all-stars like nestor and cole were all-stars and I expect Cole to be better this year. I don't expect him to give up 33 bombs. I expect him 
to have less pressure on him because there is a bulldog next to him in Carlos Rodon. He doesn't have to be the only ace. Nestor was able to raise his game to ace level. And if you know Nestor's story, nobody projected him to be that. Can he do it again? I think he can. Shout out to Nestor. Nestor was out there at American Dream last weekend hanging out with the Yankees fans, signing autographs, taking pictures. Him and I were able to chop it up for a little bit. I'm excited for him. He's pitching in the World Baseball Classic. Luis Severino is not because Luis Severino is on the last year of his deal, I believe, and he's injury prone. So we need him getting ready for the season. The Yankees pitching will be there. The bullpen is solid. The rotation is solid. The problem in October, the last few years is what, folks? It ain't the pitching. They can't hit. They lost games where they couldn't score three, four runs to win the game. They can't hit. Get runners on. Get them home. And also Boone, right? Boone going out there pitching Frankie Montas and and Clark Schmidt. Come on. I'm hoping that this year with Brian Sabian and Omar Minaya that they go off feel a little more, that they go off an eye test a little more, that it isn't so beep, boop, beep, boop, beep. The computer says pitch Clark Schmidt in this. I'm like, no, no way. Clark Schmidt was, was pitching in AAA, and you're putting him on the biggest stage in the ALCS with the opportunity to go to the World Series. That's who you're going to. He's not Michael King. Michael King will be back. Ron Marinasio will be back. Those guys weren't available in October last year. But it's not the pitching. They're going to have the pitching. Shout out to Matt Blake. I talked to him about a month and a half ago. He came on the podcast with Sweeney and I. And he was great. And, uh, you know, he's been a great coach added to this t- team. You know, when it was Larry Rothschild, people were, fire, were yelling, fire Larry, fire Larry. It wasn't all Larry's fault, man. They need to figure out this lineup. We now have Harrison Bader for a full year. If you heard John Jaskremski call, he said, DJ. DJ is the X Factor. DJ is a guy that was getting MVP votes. He's uh, won a batting title in the American League and the National League. He's paid. He has a six-year, $90 million contract. I think this is year three of that contract. Come on, DJ. We need to see you. Rizzo, if they can keep Rizzo healthy, we know what Rizzo is going to do. I have no faith in Josh Donaldson, but maybe he has a bounce-back year. I don't really care to see IKF. Let the kids play. Hashtag let the kids play was MLB's slogan three, four years ago. Let Volpe and Peraza get an opportunity to eject some young energy into the Yankees and into the fan base. And instead of rolling Aaron Hicks out there because you traded for him and you decided that he was worth seven years and 70 million, give Oswaldo Cabrera an opportunity. We much rather see him fail than see Aaron Hicks fail. Do not get me started on this Yankees talk. We got to take a break. 877-337-6666. I'll be right back. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Swung on. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Number 62 to set the new American League record. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. All right. The future is right now. Keep McPherson on the fan. Let's keep rolling. 877-337. A six, a six, and two more sixes. You can be on the fan talking sports. 
on a Friday night before the Super Bowl. The last football Friday that we have. I'm excited. I can't wait to see the, the Super Bowl. I have like $200 in Super Bowl boxes. I know that's random, but uh, later I'm going to tell you you know what I'm looking at as far as fan duel, anytime touchdowns. There's some guys that I think could find the paint. They could find pay dirt. And, uh, you know, there's some good money out there on, on some of these guys, especially with the first touchdown. Um, I remember cashing that last year on Odell Beckham. I felt like that was obvious. As soon as the Rams get in the red zone, they're looking for Odell Beckham one-on-one. I forget what I hit on that one. But I don't know. This year, you heard J.J. say Dallas Goddard. Uh, Dallas Goddard cashed in that Giants game. I played him then. And uh, I don't know if it'll be the first touchdown scorer this year, but I know the Eagles have put together a lot of drives where they score first, and I think if they have the ball um, and all the hype and excitement, I think it's going to be either Miles Sanders or Jalen Hurts running that uh, zone read. But, yeah, I said we're going to finish taking the calls on Kyrie, KD, and this failed uh, Nets era. And uh, let's see what you guys are talking about right now. Gary is in Mount Sinai, New York, on the fan. What's up, Gary? Hey, Keith, how are you this afternoon? Excuse me. Good, good. Thanks for calling in. Listen, no problem. Uh, a statement, a question, and my thoughts. Okay. I'd like to talk to you about Durant and Irving, these two self-centered, egotistical individuals that they are. I have a question for you. What kind of relationship do you think were between Irving and Durant? Strong or bad? I think they have a strong relationship. Okay. That being said, the scenario you brought up earlier about, you know, uh, Irving, you know, being one-sided, I, I don't believe that. I think this was a two-sided relationship between these two guys that Durant and Irving got together and Irving went to management and said, you know, I want, you know, the max contract knowing that the Nets were going to turn around and put certain criteria together that he had to meet and him being an egotistical individual who does nothing wrong in life and everybody else is wrong and he's right. said, listen, you have a choice. You trade me, you put me on the bench, or you let me play out my contract for this year. Next management had no choice. They said, I'd rather get something for him than nothing, so they trade him. What happened? What did Durant then do? He said, listen, I joined this organization because I wanted to be surrounded with quality ball players, which I no longer have. So I want you to trade me now. Management, again, had no choice but to trade him. And let's go back to Kyrie's um, um, conference on his first game as a Maverick. Remember what he said? Both me and Kevin got what we wanted. So this was orchestrated between the two of them. It was a, not a one-sided thing by Irving. It was a collective bargaining agreement between the two of them to get out of the deck. Yeah, I just kind of disagree because Kevin Durant requested a trade this summer. Before Kyrie requested a trade, KD wanted out this summer. And then uh, Kyrie opted into his deal and didn't get an extension, and it seemed like everybody was on the same page. I went to media day, and the first question they asked was, Kevin, why'd you request uh, a trade? And he said he didn't agree with the direction of the organization, the head coach, um, and, and the GM. He wanted them out, but... You know, they did bring in some pieces, and it seemed like they were all in for this last season um, together. Now, I, wh- wh- give, me, give me one second. Give me one second. Kevin Durant was hurt. He hasn't been active. And um, the reason that I, I feel like this was Kyrie's ego blowing this whole thing up 
is because KD went down on January 8th. And uh, when when KD went down, Kyrie was um, expected to lead, and there was pressure on him. At first, he didn't respond to the pressure well, but then he did step his play up, and he became the the main scorer, the leader of the team. And I think that, in his mind, made him think, okay, now where's my extension? I just showed you that I can carry the team. We're winning some games, and uh, I'm being a good example for my teammates. Uh, You know, run me that four-year, $200 million extension. And then when they did not want to do that without any conditions – he said, then I want out of here. Because if you're not going to extend me, send me somewhere where I could possibly get an extension. I don't think they're going to extend him with the Mavs. And uh, all reports, whether they're true or not, we'll never know. All reports said that Kevin Durant did not know Kyrie was going to request a trade. And if you watch okay. the Nets, like I watched the Nets, Kevin Durant had been live tweeting the games. He was live tweeting the Sixers matchup that the Nets almost won. And he, he was very positive as far as like talking about the Nets and the team. And he was supposed to return. Um, but Kyrie blew this whole thing up because he got impatient because he felt disrespected. He felt like the Nets were tolerating him, and he's so almighty and powerful that how dare you just tolerate me after all the shenanigans I put the organization and the fans through. You owe me this money because I'm so great at basketball. Okay, they called his bluff. You know, go be great in Texas, and uh, good luck to you. Again, I, I can understand your side, but I also think that, you know, this might have been orchestrated by the Pope. I, and I don't think that um, they, you know, I just don't think they were conniving. I don't think that they were trying to blow up this organization midseason, right? Like, they were 18 and 2 before Rick, uh, um, Durant went down. That's what I'm saying. Durant was coming back, but both years, back to back years, Kevin Durant getting hurt was the catalyst that changed everything, right? That's why James Harden wanted out, because without KD, he didn't want to carry. Kyrie felt like, hey, I'm carrying this team without KD. Where's my extension for the next few years? You don't want to extend me. I'm, I've had enough. I want out. And so once KD saw his boy was was gone, he's like, I came here to play with Kyrie. Kyrie's not here. Can you do right by me? There was an agreement in the summer that if this thing got blown up or this thing didn't go right, that they would trade him to Phoenix. That was his preferred destination. They granted that yep. wish because they felt like, you know, KD wasn't a headache. He was hurt all the time. He's injury prone, but he did put the team on his back and do a lot for the Brooklyn Nets. So they did trade him to the one destination he wanted to go to. I don't think it was as conniving as, oh, we're gonna we're gonna blow up this thing midseason. And what one Harden leave? You remember Harden's statement? I didn't sign on to come here to have to be the backbone of this team when when um It was Kyrie. Was he he was upset at the treatment Kyrie was getting, right? Kyrie didn't get vaccinated. He did. So he's looking at the team, and he's like, there's another superstar on this team, right? Kevin Durant gets hurt, but there's another superstar on this team that can't play because he refuses to get vaccinated. And then they brought him back in December, and he was in and out of the locker room, right? So he's, he's there for away games. He's not there for home games. And and a month of that went by, and Harden forced his way out. Yep, without a doubt. Like I said, hey, Keith, you can sit here and say, yes, I agree, yes, I disagree, but we'll never know what we're... What, yeah, no, what, what, we're speculating, we're fans, and and I mean, I, I, thanks for the call, Gary. I honestly don't care. I, I deal with results and the facts. The facts are that th- this era of the Brooklyn Nets is over, and I'm not sad to see it end. I've had to do too many talk shows, too many podcasts, too many interviews on nonsense. I want to talk basketball. I want to talk sports. Like, I don't want to talk about anti-Semitism. I don't want to talk about injury history and missing games. I don't want to talk about anti-vaccination and uh, the political side of that that Kyrie brought into the organization. It was all garbage. 
I want to get back to basketball hoops and these guys playing and these guys actually showing up and doing their jobs that they get paid millions of dollars for and not thinking that they're bigger and better than everyone else. I can't rock with that. You know, I'm, I'm a regular dude. We're regular people. We are not Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving where we think because we are so good at one thing that, you know, everyone should just bend the knee to our, you know, our every want and, uh, you know, just surrender to whatever we say. It doesn't work like that. Our world doesn't work like that. Keith McPherson on the fan, 877-337-6666. Now we've got some Super Bowl calls, some Yankees calls. I see Ross in Bergen County wants to talk Rangers. John wants to talk Knicks. So in the 10 o'clock hour, we'll start moving things around. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.